0: Hey, welcome to the podcast by HDB Youth. Thanks for joining us today. We want this to inspire you, to help you grow in faith and give you the tools to thrive in life. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey! hey. Hello everyone, welcome to the podcast. Um, my name is Ava Delaney and I'm your host for today. I go to HTB uh, Youth
0: and the 430 service. Hello, my name is Sarah Jane. I am 17 years old. I go to HTB, the 430 service. I'm part of older youth. Uh,
2: hey, I'm um, Dan Sudworth and I am a HTB college youth pastor and I am 18 years old.
0: Hi everyone, it's Jazz. I'm back at it again with another Ooh. episode of the podcast. I'm <laughs> oh super God. excited to be here. I am a university student and one of the younger youth leaders here at HTB
3: hi my name is josh dp i'm 15 years old and i'm in year 11.
1: nice so i'm gonna like start with the easy question so what is the biggest issue facing humanity
0: love an easy question like (laughs) (laughs) the biggest problem facing humanity um so obviously there are just a bunch of issues that especially young people face these days so like there's things like mental health issues that are on the rise and things like technology have really you know heightened things like that um, inequality wealth mm-hmm. inequality yeah. but then also the massive imminent thing of climate change yeah. that's a massive thing that you know we need to tackle soon
1: mm-hmm. um, yeah so that kind of segues perfectly so the UN says we have 11 years left to prevent irreversible damage from climate change what are your initial reactions to that
3: like initially this made me like worried about it and I felt like that we just need to focus on that completely um, as it shows, like, otherwise there will be no world for us to live in and world as we know will just be gone. So that should be our greatest goal to solve and try and, well, make sure the world doesn't end, basically. Yeah. Love that.
0: <laughs> I think that puts a lot of things in perspective, especially because... That's, that statement makes it so clear that it's a matter of urgency. Mm. But, mm-hmm. like, the fact that so many people are kind of not even thinking about it, it's not on their yeah. radar. And if it is, it's kind of like a secondary issue. Yeah. It's like denial, almost. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. 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 I think it's, like, pretty worrying. Um, at the same time, I think it's also not the worst thing because it's, like, irreversible damage. But I feel like once we reach that point, I feel like it's just going to be permanent panic and everyone's going to really, really push to it. It's almost like you need that catastrophe, if it were, to scare people into the... and, like, sort of awaken all of the people who were denying Mm. and get them to a point where, actually, we need to do something, even though Mm. it's now irreversible. I suppose it's
1: how you define damage. Yeah. Like, is this humanity being extinct? Every other... Every ecosystem is, like... Completely damaged, and there are no animals, yeah. like yeah, it's interesting, so I kind of was wanted to ask you guys, do you think we have a responsibility to protect the earth as Christians?
3: Yes, obviously, because <laughs> God' like put us here and to have free will, so I feel like, yeah, obviously, as Christians, we should have a responsibility to protect the earth, as it's like' it's God made it for us, so you mm-hmm. can't just destroy it, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: I agree and it's like it's a gift and it's like imagine someone giving you a gift and then just throwing it away yeah. it's like it was nothing we had to do to earn the kind of perfect conditions of the earth he just gave it to us mm-hmm. and now we're just
0: destroying it yeah i think something that's also pretty interesting would kind of be like not just whether or not we're christians or not but even just the responsibility to look after the earth because it's our home so if you think mm-hmm. about it we all look after our own houses we don't just walk in mm. and like throw rubbish all over the place and like we all have a vested interest in looking after our own homes because it's exactly. our dwelling place it's where we live yeah so i think as people even though it's obviously a much bigger scale and you've got different countries coming into play and you've got you know various different microcosms going it's still really significant that we look after our home yeah, exactly. mm. it's
1: like common sense like, why wouldn't you want to protect it? No, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so there's an activist, environmental activist, Naomi Klein, who looks at indigenous Canadians and kind of how they interact with their uh, environment and where they inhabit. And it's like they have a symbiotic relationship um, and they deeply care and respect for their, um, their home, which is the Earth. And there are so much like deep biblical references to that as well. It's like the world has been crafted by god specifically for us mm. and for humans to thrive um and so if we kind of look at um a lot of like yeah indigenous people they have lived for thousands of years in harmony um and it's like i find in western society particularly we've been able to almost separate ourselves from the importance of the environment and ignore it um in order to Pursue capitalism yeah. and you know, consumerism and all that. Um, which yeah, I yeah. definitely think needs to if be. If I can questioned. add on to that, yeah, the yeah. thing about
0: that is because we've pursued capitalism things like that, we're sort of we feel the effects of climate change the least. Mm. So pe- mm. like the richer you are, the more you like to generalize to speak in absolutes, mm. the more like you tend to sort of Encourage climate change yeah. with like carbon emissions and things like that, mm. but then you you know sitting in your high tower kind of thing, yeah. you feel the effects of climate change the least
1: no exactly, and as millennials or I might be generation Z I actually don't know all the same <laughs> um, like just because we haven't directly caused climate change, and the people who made like pre- like started burning fossil fuels and all that while they weren 't asked. They didn't know the effect, and we do. So, while it's so easy to blame pre- previous generations for it, it's useless because and redundant because, you know, that's again
0: uh, abdicating responsibility yeah. on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. But then, if you look at sort of generally speaking, I'm not an expert on the matter, but like the people who seem to be most fired up about it, most willing to do something to change things. I'd say a lot more of the younger generation because I think Mm. because it's their future and because they're more aware of the facts because I think they're doing more research and they're, you know, with things like the internet and like discussions Mm. like this, you know, we're all woke. Mm. (laughs) Hashtag woke. (laughs) um, I'd say like the older generation, either because they've passed their time or that's just the way things are, wouldn't kind of try and change things as much as the younger generation. I feel like the burden of concern falls upon our generation. Mm. Far heavier than it does in the older ones. Exactly. And it's yeah.
1: not even our generation, but our future generations. And God teaches us to love our neighbours, not just our immediate family and friends, but the love extends also to our grandchildren and future generations. And so it would only make sense for us to care for the environment and maintain it to pass on to other. It's almost like rich people with estates. Or- mm-hmm. like, yeah. yeah. It's like you want to maintain it so for your the, your child who inherits it has an easy yeah. time with mm. it and it just seems like that's not the mentality we have currently mm-hmm. um, so Genesis 2.15 says the Lord, the Lord God took the man and put him in the earth in, sorry, in the garden of Eden to work at it and keep it mm. and so yeah that like explicitly states we should maintain the earth um, so that we can all inhabit it um, yeah, so there's also one other quote from uh, Isaiah 24 verses 4 to 5 which says the earth dries up and withers. The world languishes and withers. The heavens languish with the earth. The earth is defiled by its people. They have disobeyed the laws, violated the statutes, and broken the everlasting covenant. And so, from the beginning of time, humanity has kind of gone against this um, desire for God, desire in God for us to maintain the earth and, and look after it. Yeah. Hmm. So the next question I'd ask is, how important is striving against climate change? Like, how important actually is it
0: for us? I suppose, I suppose we'd have to think about, like, the effect that we could make kind of, you know, so one person versus a lot of people. So, like, given as individuals, I think the best part we can play is actually in rallying up not an army but just like a large group of people so like getting more and more people involved things like talking to a youth group about it getting the church talking about it because i feel like one person can't make a very big difference but one person can inspire lots of people who can make a huge difference that. yeah
1: um and what i've noticed in the church is that we're extremely good at social justice issues and like poverty homelessness um, education and all that but it's like I feel like there's a misconception that climate change and issues surrounding that is wholly separate. Mm -hmm. When in fact, climate change is an issue that overarches all of this. Because as the climate gets worse and the water levels rise, people are displaced from their homes and Mm -hmm. so more refugees arrive. And, like, just then there's fields that are no longer in use because they've been destroyed by salt water. And all these many issues. So now, like the climate just literally directly affects every single issue Mm. and so I just feel like as a church um, we need to just strive to make everyone understand that this actually isn't separate Mm. and it's like and also on top of that social justice issues Like, if we're being frank and kind of extreme if the world ends and humanity becomes extinct there are no more people to help like we want, we need the earth to do God's work as a platform. But if the earth destroyed,
0: yeah, the, there are no people to bless, kind yeah, of yeah. thing. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So I don't no, know. No, yeah. Baffles me. It doesn't make sense
0: to but, backtrack a bit onto yeah. your point about like people be, being displaced by hurricanes and natural disasters caused by climate change. Do you know Joel Osteen? There's a prosperity preacher in America called Joel Osteen, and there was a hurricane in America. I don't know what the year this was. I think this was either last year or the year before. Um and people sort of expected him to help out. I mean, obviously if you're a preacher, it would be the most sort of righteous thing to help people displaced by the storm. Um but he like specifically went out of his way to lock his church and say that, you know, no one can come in um and sleep in my church oh. yeah, people that. displaced by um the hurricane couldn't go to him and like sleep in his church which is oh. crazy mm. because you would think like of all people to help you during a hurricane you would think your preacher would but yeah he didn't yeah. i think that's actually a really valid point about like throughout the storms of life yeah when we can help others out and I feel like that would, something, that would be something really important that we as a youth group should really strive for like yeah. when there's a storm do we want to open our doors or do we want to lock them and keep mm, people out I understand. Yeah.
1: and even more to like add on to that like through helping with climate issues we are directly helping and loving our neighbour because people across the earth are suffering the effects that we might mm-hmm. not be and yeah. like as climate change increases so do frequent natural disasters Yeah,
3: yeah. it's just being like selfish because yeah, you're not thinking about as like living in England you know you've got electricity you've got all this mm-hmm. but then like people in other countries that the church would help like yeah the church would help through charities and stuff but because it's about climate change it's kind of like you yeah but unable to, yeah. to make the
1: connection yeah yeah. Yeah.
3: P- yeah climate
1: change could possibly help this so there's this climate change scientist and a woman of faith um, called Catherine Nehejo. Um, Love that name. <laughs> <laughs> she um, gave the example of uh, um, this guy called Jean Francoise Moreau. Mm-hmm. Guys, excuse my.
0: <laughs> Baguettes. <laughs> and he was like
1: a social science scientist and he was this kind of. It's really, really interesting. He was comparing um, articles and texts from. The 1800s um, about slavery and justifying slavery to texts nowadays justifying fossil fuel use, mm. and essentially the language used and analogies used are exactly the same. And so it's like if we are if we believe what the Bible says about the importance of stewardship and maintaining the earth. Not only for us, but God's other creations. Surely we'd be like Wilberforce, yeah. and at the forefront of striving mm. for change. Um, and so it's just, yeah, fascinating that kind of comparison. The level of kind of um, passion we need to promote change, because history is a pattern of which repeats itself. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and people are so similar.
0: Yeah. All time. This is a little bit of a tangent, but like yeah. on that note, it's kind of like the nature of truth and like truth in the secular sort of world, mm-hmm. it changes all the time mm-hmm. because you, in the 1800s, you could justify slavery mm-hmm. 2019. You could never justify slavery, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. like we're justifying climate change. Yeah. But then if you look at the Bible, the Bible has been true and it's been the same exactly. forever, like since it's been written. Mm-hmm. And that shows you that like God and his word it, like, it never changes. Exactly, it yeah. never changes. So you can, even if you don't believe in climate change, you can believe that you are a steward of the world yeah. and, like, it is your role to look after the things that God gives you. That's exactly.
1: yeah. no, true. That's so interesting that whilst humans' ability to interpret the Bible changes, the Bible never changes. Yeah. They're like, yeah, interpretations literally contradict themselves. And it's, like, it's just so important also to... Combine science and faith together, because obviously I feel like this has been said before. But science explains how and God explains explains
0: the why. Yeah,
1: and yeah, it's just like Christianity should kind of be in line with science. And if science about climate change is true, which I believe it is, Mm -hmm. then we need to do something Mm -hmm. because it's God's God's earth. It's a gift to God gift from God to us and we need to maintain
0: it okay so what are like practical ways just for everyone listening that you guys think we could actually make a difference in our day to day lives like most of us are young people living in London but these could apply to you if you're listening from anywhere across the world like ways in which we can go about playing our part in stewarding God's creation what do you guys think about that
1: our homes with renewable energy we can also weatherize our homes which is like Basically, insulating it properly so less fof- fossil fuels has to be burnt to. Heat
0: what was that it? word? Weatherize. Weatherize. That's a really yeah. good word. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, use public transport more and reduce our meat intake. Um.
3: Mm.
1: Yeah. Also, try to shops Yep. So good.
3: Also, I I feel like the small things add up to being really important. Mm. So, for example, using less plastic. Mm. Like. Not, like, going to McDonald's and not, like, taking, like, a couple of straws because, oh, no, I might lose it. Uh, just, yeah, yeah just yeah. think about what you're doing. No,
1: exactly. And yeah. like what people say about voting. Like, I'm not going to vote. My vote doesn't count. Yeah. If every mm. single person said that, then no one would go to vote yeah. and no mm. change would happen. Um, I'd also say prayer. Mm. from Because like, mm. any person can do that. And I think we also can't purely... Um, put our kind of trust and faith in human abilities and obviously God Um, and like hoping God motivates us to take action that can lead to transformation Uh, for by God's power at work within us God is able to accomplish more than we can ask or imagine and in Romans 15 verse 13 it says may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, essentially, God can do anything, and through prayer, he'll, you know, he can help. Um, there's one other thing that I forgot to mention earlier about um, how loving our neighbor is occurs through helping with climate change, um, So loving our neighbor requires us to reduce our consumption of energy for the sake of Christ who suffers with those who suffer. And that really hits home. I think, how selfish are we being in the uh, Western world? The way we are, it's like, I can't remember the name of the website, but there's essentially a website where you can enter in your, like, usual... um, Activities that would consume fossil fuels and things, and it tells you how many Earths we need to maintain that lifestyle. Oh, wow, that's and mad! Yeah, it's usually like above five for each
2: My world, wow. really it's crazy okay
1: in, the, in London in the Western mad. world. Yeah, and so it's like, how selfish are we being that we're causing Christ to suffer? I mean, hasn't he suffered enough? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it yeah,
0: frustrates me. I have a question, can I ask a question? cool um so do you guys think it matters whose fault like climate change is
1: i have an answer
0: please answer
1: okay so there's i think if we're talking about sin and like mm-hmm. all of that i think sin is all about intention and so the people who started burning fossil fuels like and all that in the industrial revolution mm. they didn't understand the consequences. And so you could argue that they don't deserve the punish or punishment or the title of them sinning because yeah they,
0: the blame of them yeah. yeah but they also that.
1: didn't do their research <laughs> I hear and that they were also like this we aren't not sure whether this definitely doesn't <laughs> cause um fossil fuel uh, like climate change um but I suppose at the end of the day blaming takes our mind off
0: acting
1: mm. Um, mm. and we just need to do
3: something going back to what you said about if fossil fuels actually commits to climate change even if it doesn't fossil fuels, uh, fossil fuels are going to run out anyway yeah. mm. so we need to look to other ways of like, fulfill it, like fulfilling what we actually like what, what we do like our hobbies and stuff and mm. how things are made because anyway even if it doesn't fossil fuels are going to run out so Mm. there's because yeah 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 Mm. hear that
0: and then so what would you say um are people's thoughts or you guys thoughts (laughs) on the measures that have currently been put in place so changes that have already been made to things like companies not using plastic straws but swapping to paper straws or um Things like you get fifty p off your coffee if you take a reusable cup. What do you guys think about that? Do you think that that's a step in the right direction? Do you think it's not enough? Do you think companies are kind of being um, setting up a double standard where they're doing one thing or they're saying one thing, but then actually behind closed doors they're conducting business as usual, still consuming just as much plastic? What do you guys think about that?
3: I feel like businesses are just doing it to make themselves look better. Like Mm. for example, McDonald's—they made their straws like out of um out of paper but it actually
2: is worse for the environment than the plastic straws the insides are lined with like a plastic like substance that doesn't actually recycle
3: so yeah so they're just doing it to make themselves look better even though Mm. it doesn't actually help at all it actually makes it worse
0: Mm. i don't know i feel like um for example things like reusable coffee cups you're getting money off it sort of it incentivizes the people, which is a step in the right direction. You will cut down, inevitably, cut down um, the amount of plastic cups that y- people use. But at the end of the day, the most, like the people who contribute most to climate change and to carbon emissions, are massive companies. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's only it's less than like five percent of plastic in the ocean is plastic straws. So it's less to do with the consumers, and it's more to do with trying to encourage within companies that sort of change yeah, at right. the top. I don't know.
1: Exactly. They all I feel like all companies are being too polite and too comfortable about it. Mm-hmm. Because like I suppose if I'm talking to someone who is you know, the head of a company someone <laughs> their money or your money won't like it, it just frustrates me because if they're not actively fighting against climate change because they want to make as much money as they have been previously and not make any sacrifices once if, it, if the world becomes this pear shaped once every human is extinct, you can 't take your money with you mm, yeah yeah and it 's just priorities are just not in order mm.
0: um, but yeah, but it 's people like that they 're so far removed from their humanity sometimes it's it 's so crazy to see that like someone will prioritize how much stuff they can get on earth just um like in comparison to just showing compassion to someone else just showing humanity
2: i don't know i think it's quite easy almost to blame the big companies and the like big businesses but it does rely on us because we're the ones giving them money you know Mm -hmm. it's like we it, every time a company say changes to cardboard straws there's a massive it's on the news everyone's saying like how great is that you know but it, it's it's just a way of patting each other on the back like we're doing something Yeah, no, I hear that like there's a very like there has to be a fundamental change in everyone because it's like if we genuinely are passionate about it we'll stop shopping there until they change mm. you know and it's stuff like I work in a pub and we have cardboard straws, you know, like the really shoddy ones that no one really likes. <laughs> but we have them. And everyone's like, oh, I can have my cardboard straw. And then you serve it to them in a plastic cup. And we probably go through a couple of thousand cl- plastic cups mm. every Saturday, yeah. you know. And it's like, it's, it's yeah. literally... No, not to be a downer but i think it's very much just a way for everyone to pat each other on the back you know it's this very shallow thing mm. like we need like a fundamental change to the way we see things and understand things that mm. actually like we can't do this anymore we need to do it and we've only got like what 11 years
1: Yeah, no, so it's like yeah. yeah exactly and that's why i appreciate ext- extinction rebellion because mm. they're
0: actually
1: like yeah they're
0: they're so it's countercultural. cultural like yeah yeah
1: society and that's really what needs to happen mm. they're like greta thunberg yeah yeah she's not going to school and sacrificing her own education because no other adults who are supposed to take her role in mm. doing it and like again i know this is extreme but in the end of the, at the end of the day studies and all that won't matter yeah no, yeah. no to mm. have mm. um, another thing about kind of the knowledge of climate change and how we can act um, in God's will so basically there are great organisations such as Operation Noah um, I recommend all of you read their declaration um, and the interview I got the information about slavery and climate change and the comparisons there there's a great the uh, lectures on their website. There's also Eco Church, which um, kind of helps uh, Christians in the church out on a bigger scale. And how can your church actually become an eco church? Um, and finally, Citizens Climate Lobby helps you to understand the political effect on climate change and how democracy can have a direct link. Um, but back to Operation Noah, They, in their um, declaration they say, um, in light of the best knowledge we have, climate change could result in a loss of livelihoods, and sometimes of life for huge numbers of people, and the extinction of countless species. This matters because the well-being of all creation matters to God. Prophets are those who speak truth, usually uncomfortable truth, to their generation. In ancient Israel, prophets were always shattered by false prophets, representing the ruling powers. We must listen to the scientists warning us of approaching dangers, exercise discernment, and be wary of false prophets representing the vested interests of the powerful. And so, you know, it's as Christians and at uh, tackling climate emergency, it's not a, a light topic or easy mm. role. It's intense and difficult but valuable. Hmm. yeah that's kind of what i've taken away from
0: that yeah and to add on to that like so yeah jesus was a radical in the time that he was preaching and acting so why wouldn't we if we're trying to mirror the life that jesus led why wouldn't we act cu- counterculturally? yeah um in order to combat the issue of climate change
1: yeah. especially when we're protecting god's creation exactly mm. yeah um so a slight controversial issue. So I have kind of read up and discovered that many Christians have justified not acting against climate change because they believe Jesus is imminent, his coming is imminent, and it's almost useless because the world will end soon, so what's the point in helping it out and putting all this work in when he's about to come? So I wonder if that's open for discussion. Um, opinions? Thoughts? Thoughts? I
2: think... I'm not sure that, like, this is, I haven't done too much research into it, but, like, you know, the second coming, I don't think it's Jesus literally just, like, control or deletes the earth and then everyone goes Mm -hmm. to heaven. I think it's almost this, it's (laughs) heaven comes to earth rather than earth comes to heaven, you know? So Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. we still should look after it because actually we are going to, I think we will almost carry on living in a, I'm doing, sorry,
0: for, for marks. the listeners, speech, speech marks, marks yeah. Yeah.
2: air quotes. <laughs> I think, yeah, air quotes. It's like we should still look after it because almost we're going to carry on living in the world and, like, you know, it still mm. is God's creation. Yeah, you know, exactly. we're not, if your mum gives you something, you're not just going to throw it out a wall and walk off. You're going <laughs> to, like, treasure it. It means mm. something, you know. Yeah. He made it for us.
0: Mm. Exactly. And it's also the argument that, like, oh, why would I, why wouldn't I sin if God forgives mm. anyway? Yeah. Well,. You don't sin because you want to be like Jesus. Exactly. Yeah. And if Jesus told mm. us to look after the earth, yeah, yeah. then why wouldn't you look after the earth?
1: Yeah. And in like um, Paul's letters to people, I can't remember the exact people, but some people. One of them people. people yes, yeah. the people. <laughs> and um, people. Sorry, if I say people one more time, I will die. They, take um, a show with says people. Yeah. <laughs> don't take oh. a show. Oh my god, it's
0: gonna be difficult. <laughs> oh god. Um, they. Hmm
1: started to quit their jobs and essentially isolate themselves from society and do nothing um, because they thought Jesus was coming imminently. Mm. And Mm. then Paul writes, like, don't do that. You can always do something. Yeah. Um, Which I think is definitely the attitude all Christians should adopt, no matter whether you think God is coming or Jesus is coming back in the next hour or next thousand years. You can always do Mm.
0: that. 100%. I think that's actually a really interesting point what you just said there about whether Jesus is coming in the next hour or in the next hundred years. Because honestly, if we were to think retrospectively and introspectively about our lives and how we live them as Christians, if it turned out that Jesus was coming tomorrow, mm. how would that change how we live our lives? Yeah. Mm. Like if the decision on whether or not we got into heaven was going to be made tomorrow... Oh, would I'm we... in trouble. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 exactly. Would we suddenly
0: just start mm. being so much nicer would we all like wake up and like make our beds yeah. in the morning like as soon as we get up would we wash yeah. all the dishes because we want to like rack up good yeah. ones and whether or not that should actually impact the way we choose to live our lives yeah. and it's not yeah. directly linked to climate change but also in that way <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. but yeah i think that's actually really profound um yeah. It's, yeah, yeah it's
1: like where's your heart yeah coming from like is it from a place of i want to do god's work because i love god or i want to do god's work because God's God, I God and I know points. I'll be. Yeah, the day of judgment will come. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I hear that. Um, Jazz, what you said about it being a people issue, not a religious issue, I think it was very. Profound. Yeah,
0: um, I know. Like I mentioned this way back earlier, but we wrote it down because it was cool. We want to come back to it. <laughs> I think the issue of climate change specifically is something really interesting. Um, because obviously we're discussing it from a Christian perspective. But like this isn't a religious issue. Like Whether you believe in God or not, if the world's got 11 years until the damage is irreversible, the world's got 11 years until the damage is irreversible. Mm-hmm. So I think above all, like, the issue of climate change, it's not a religious issue. It's not a Christian issue. It's mm-hmm. not like linked to any specific religion. It's actually just a people issue. It's a worldwide problem. WWP. But, wow. Um, <laughs> and I think um, on the one hand, this would be... Um, I don't know what you guys think about this. I know that it's 2019, and a lot of times people would prefer, like, the culture we're in would prefer for things to be a-religious, or to be, like, completely aversive of any religious background and to be purely secular. Yeah. Um, and I know that some people, you, two, you can have two people fighting for the exact same thing, but because their motives are different, they'll never agree. Right. So mm. you can have yeah. um, a Christian organisation, a non-Christian organisation fighting um, to, do, to save the world, one mm. telling you because that's what God says, and one saying because it's the world. And mm. I actually think that... Um, division in this like when it comes to climate change just wouldn't be helpful at all like you wouldn't want to be um kind of going against or in rivalry with anyone else if that if you're trying to tackle the same issue so i'd say for the issue of climate change would almost be better for us to all focus on the goal which is to um to make a Mm. difference and not think i'm doing this because the bible says i'm doing this because i want my grandchildren's grandchildren to live (laughs) like i think it would be so important if we actually realize that we all share this world like no matter what race no matter what yeah. gender no matter what religion you come from we all mm. have the same home yeah and that it's actually all in our mutual interest to protect it and to look after it no, exactly. Yeah. that was, I really, definitely good. Agree. Yeah. That was I really good i
2: think going off of that um it you can almost see that happening is the um conflict of interests where you have electric cars and they're almost commonplace now but back in the day it took a good few years before it happened and that was mainly because um the two businesses that were going to, in inverted commas again, gain something from it, were the gas stations and the cars. Mm. And no one wanted to make that first step in investment because why would you buy an electric car if there's no gas stations that can, like, charge your thing? Why would you buy... Why would you invest in gas stations with electric when there's no electric cars? You know, it's like you need that uniformed, grouped Mm. step forward and, like, you know... Before you can actually make a big difference And make a massive change exactly. mm.
1: It's just whether also Maybe Christians we have a greater responsibility To promote change Because we understand mm. the, the gift That God has given us Maybe more so than people who don't have faith mm. so. Yeah um, I read something really interesting Which was that The education of women and children Are a leading cause in helping climate change as an issue. And I think this is because in many third-world countries, um, women will have more and more children um, because less will survive. And this... I don't understand the science behind this, but the greater education a woman has had, the more likely her child will survive.
0: Mm.
1: Baffles me. I have no clue why. (laughs) But And obviously um the growth in the population does have an effect on the climate because there are just more people you know yeah. affecting the climate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's just it's fascinating kind of also how maybe donating to charities that aid education in women and girls can even have an effect on climate change. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought I'd mention that.
0: If I'm to venture I guess as to why that's the Yeah, do it. The sort of correlation is mm. if you educate women mm. you have more minds to tackle the problem to like think about mm. solutions to the problem and then so just the more people you have who are working to combat climate change the like the greater the rate If you know if you want to speak in mathematical terms of like you know redoing undoing undoing the damage that's yeah. been caused kind of thing mm. no, no Sarah Jane has a I, have a, I have I have cool my thingy Um, So apparently the fastest growing plant in the world is seaweed. So if you donate to a charity that's planting like seaweed farms, that apparently really reduces um, carbon emissions because obviously plants, they use CO2, they trap carbon. Um, And then obviously the ocean traps carbon as well. So if you donate to a seaweed farm um, or a seaweed plant like... A, an organisation that is growing seaweed that is supposed to combat climate change. This might sound like a very dumb question. <laughs> I can ask it anyway. Go on. It's yeah. not like I'm in my final year of a science degree, sorry, no. but do it. Um, <laughs> Does seaweed grow underwater? Seaweed yeah. grows underwater. Grows underwater. Yeah. Maybe that's a sea yeah. part. Yeah. Yeah, and you know? also,
1: the majority of CO two emissions goes into the sea they as varلver. well and acidifies it.
0: CO two. Whoa! Oh oh that, got it.
2: So that <laughs> you know, one you know,
1: climate change is bad when there are jokes about <laughs> <but> it. <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> um,
0: what were you saying? Hmm. The ocean. Um, right. Yeah.
1: So it <laughs> probably also helps that because seaweed is obviously in the ocean. Hence, hmm. sea.
0: Weed.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, is that not just a band-aid you know if you're making more ways to absorb co2 but then just almost increasing your co2 emissions or keeping your co2 emissions like constant is that actually helping the environment in the way it should be
1: yeah well it's whether being um carbon dioxide neutral is mm valuable and whether that actually has an effect which I am not too sure about
0: okay so just like as we draw this to a close um obviously the title of this episode is climate change what is our response so from like the discussion we've had here or just think your own thoughts what do you guys think our response could be should be and would doesn't work so will be <laughs> <laughs> Dan why don't you kick us off
2: uh sorry it sounds extreme but I think um We need to stop applauding the small things, you know, because I think with 11 years left, we don't have much time at all. And actually Mm. using plastic straws or sorry, lowering use of plastic straws as much as it's great. It really isn't going to like make that 11 years go to 12 years and so on. So I think we need to almost like start holding people directly accountable to it and like really changing the way we do things like almost taxing F- fossil fuels more mm. or like you know really deterring people from it yeah and doing it going to the extreme rather than patting on the back for you know reusing your coffee yeah cup
1: mm. yeah we don't have time for economic policy changes yeah, yeah we just need to unite as the human race who wants to remain living <laughs> and just do something no exactly yeah um
3: I think we need to just overall act less selfish mm because because of climate change is basically just people being selfish, mm-hmm. not thinking about the effects, so, as Christians, we should just be less selfish and actually think about what we're doing and the time that we have left before the world goes bad, yeah
0: yeah
1: I suppose it's difficult when we feel at least I feel no one's listening because. There are so many protests going on, mm. but Brexit is on people's minds and all that, yeah. which again doesn't seem important if there are no people to live through it. Um, so I suppose, like I said earlier, as people who live in the Western world in houses mainly run by fossil fuels, try to power your home with renewable energy and weatherize your homes, public transport as well, and reducing our meat intake
0: amazing nice pray pray (laughs) pray (laughs) there you go speaking of pray we usually end our podcasts in prayer um if anyone would like to pray i'd love to pray go on sarah jane Um, we're going to take a moment to pray if you're listening please do pray with us at the end if you agree say amen if not just listen to sarah jane say some words (laughs) okay dear lord we thank you for this church we thank you that we can come together as a group and discuss these issues Father, we thank you for the earth that you've given to us. Father, we're sorry that we're not always the kindest to the things that you've given to us. But Father, help us to be less selfish and to be more thoughtful about the world around us. Help us to protect the things that you've given to us. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 amen.